Hi, JJ here again with the Out of Value. Welcome. Well, OpenAI just launched GPT-4 in conjunction with Microsoft. Microsoft's using GPT, ChatGPT, in its Bing search, hoping to challenge Google search, no doubt. And so what can GPT-4 do that the previous one couldn't? Well, it's a leap in capabilities. It's been much anticipated. So I'll go through a bit of what it can do. They demoed it today and what is Google doing in response? There is something that they are doing in Google Docs even that's a bit under the radar. So I'll show you a video of that, but let's get into it. So as you can see here, if you're watching on YouTube, on Spotify video or Rumble as well now, it's CEO of OpenAI, Sam Altman announcing it. He says, here is GPT-4, our most capable and aligned model yet. It is available today in our API with a waitlist and in chat GPT plus. You have to pay for that, it's $20 a month. So they're sort of rolling it out to people who pay for it first and to developers. It is still flawed, still limited, and it still seems more impressive on first use than it does after you spend more time with it. He is playing it down a bit there, but let's see what it can actually do. They had a demo day today and they've got a promo video. Let's go through what it can actually do and why is it better than the last one? And will it help Microsoft in its challenge and its competition with Google to try and eat into Google's motor bit there, which is what we as investors are concerned about. So again, on screen, if you're on video, we've got a tweet here from Yusuf Mehdi, who works at Microsoft. He says, we're happy to confirm that the new Bing is running GPT-4, which we've customized for search. Try it out by joining the new Bing preview at bing.com new. So I've got that preview. There was a rumor that it was already using GPT-4 a few weeks ago. It's gonna be interesting to try this out to see how it's integrated into Bing, again, to compete with Google search. I've got to admit, I've been going to these natural language models to, to Bing and to the into some other ones, pretty much not using Google search much at all, except for local prices on things and that sort of thing. But again, I probably could use Bing for that. So before we get into the details of what GPT-4 can actually do, I saw this tweet today as well when I was looking for tweets about GPT-4, the launch of it somebody who said everyone is talking about GPT-4 while Google integrated these amazing generative AI features powered by Palm into Google Docs. Google Docs meets AI and it is mind-blowing. So let's have a look at the video of what it can do. It's actually pretty similar to ChatGPT from what I can tell. So in Google Docs they asked if you could write a job post for a regional sales rep and it came up with a job listing, a job description just like that and then could fill in the company name so very similar to chat gpt and other natural language models that you can just ask it to do things like that and it'll write it write emails write job descriptions that sort of thing so it looks like google's got things something that's really similar that they're integrating into google docs already so that's interesting in terms of the competition so let's get into the nitty-gritty the capabilities of gpt4 what can it do so they've got this video here that explains some of it and then they go into a demo so let's Let's have a little look at this clip. Can take in and generate up to 25,000 words of text, around eight times more than ChatGPT. It understands images and can express logical ideas about them. For example, it can tell us that if the strings in this image were cut, the balloons would fly away. It can understand images and describe those images, know what's in them, and make inferences from those from what's in the image, which. As I understand it, in the past, it's been very difficult for AI to understand what's in an image. And it looks like they've kind of cracked it to 
to a degree where it will be open to the public and we can do things with that. Okay, this is from the information OpenAI put out today. They said about the capabilities to understand the difference between the two models, that's ChatGPT the previous, GPT-3 and GPT-4, we tested on a variety of benchmarks, including simulating exams that were originally designed for humans. So how did it go? Well, somebody tweeted out today, Brett Winton tweeted out, performance on human benchmarks is rather remarkable. Chat GPT 3.5 scored 10th percentile on the bar exam. GPT 4 hits the 90th percentile. On BC calculus, it got the equivalent of four. Good for college credit at 99% of colleges. So there's a big step up here and you can see on the graphs that they've got here, in the green is GPT-4 and it's a, a big step above GPT-3.5. It's in terms of matching human capabilities, it's getting pretty good. If you're getting value out of this video so far, hit that like button on YouTube or on Rumble to help to spread it to more people and give me that little dopamine hit that we all like when we see likes on our stuff. Before I go into the image and visual capabilities of GPT-4, I'm gonna play this clip about their partnership with Microsoft. It's interesting that they put this in the promo clip that they are directly partnered with Microsoft. Of course, Microsoft's put a huge amount of investment into it. The partnership that OpenAI has with Microsoft is to shape this technology into something that's gonna be useful for the world. The power of AI, hopefully, is that it can help us be more productive, which ultimately leads to better quality of life. The development of the transistor, of the computer, of the internet, the semiconductor industry, all the programming languages, everything came together to produce AI technology. And while it is very limited, it is already easy to imagine what the impact of a successor many generations down the line will look like. We think that GPT-4 will be the world's first experience with a highly capable and advanced AI system. So we really care about this model being useful to everyone, not just the early adopters. So they talk about how powerful AI is going to be as it develops. I think everybody's kind of aware of that. And some people are scared of how powerful it could actually be. And so they talk about how being useful and help productivity and just help everybody have better lives, access to everybody, just not just a few. So that's kind of how they're pitching it. Now to the image capabilities. In the demo, they give a live demo of how it can work in action, and we'll have a quick look at that. So remember, GPT-4 is not just a language model. It's also a vision model. In fact, it can flexibly accept inputs that intersperse images and text arbitrarily, kind of like a document. But you can ask anything you like. For example, GPT-4 and you Describe this image in painstaking detail. Oh, it looks like we have a response. Perfect. So it's a screenshot of a Discord application interface. Pretty good. Did not even describe it. It knows that, that it's Discord. There's probably Discord written there somewhere where it just kind of knows this from, from prior experience. Um, server icon labeled GPT-4 describes the interface in great detail and describes much of the, uh, the, the notification messages and the users that are in the channel. And so there you go. That's some, that's some pretty good understanding. So as you see in the demo there, did do a good job of describing what was in the image. But one was a screen snapshot, so it was definitely live and it did a good job of explaining everything that was in the image. So this could be really useful and this is a bit of a step forward from ChatGPT and also Im other imaging, AI imaging, sort of combining them together. 
to make something that could be good for putting together documents or many things that is something that is definitely new again this is something new and i've got a video clip of this we can see a tweet that somebody put on there saying i just watched gpt4 turn a hand-drawn sketch into a functional website this is insane so that is true he did that on the uh, live on the demo and it worked just from a sketch in a book took a photo of it and it turned it into a website. So it took the concept for a, for a website and made it into an actual website. I have here a nice hand-drawn mock-up of a joke website. Uh, definitely worthy of being put up on my refrigerator. So I'm just going to literally take a photo of this mock-up and I'm going to send it. And so we can actually take now this output. So literally we just said to output the HTML from that picture and here we go actual working JavaScript, filled in the jokes. For comparison, this was the original of our mock-up. And so there you go, going from hand-drawn to working website. And this is all just potential, right? We, you can see lots of different applications. We ourselves are still figuring out new ways to use this. Safety and social concerns, I'll play this clip that they had in the promo about being very aware of that. They've had criticism about it going off the rails and privacy concerns they talk about. They know that they said they say they need to update it and be aware of what's going on. So this is the concern when we get to AGI that it'll if it goes off the rails, it'll be too late. So to be to be more aligned with human concerns, that's what they talk about. So I'll play this video. And then I'll talk about a little bit more about what they say about its limitations. Everything that's been happening in the past few months up until we've released it has been a giant sprint to make it safer, more aligned and also more useful. We have put in already a lot of internal guardrails around things like adversarial usage, unwanted content and privacy concerns. And when we release a model, we know things are not done. We know we have to learn. We know we have to update. We know we have to keep improving all the systems around it to make it suitable for society. So here in the limitations, what they actually say is despite its capabilities, GPT-4 has similar limitations as earlier GPT models. Most importantly, it still is not fully reliable. It hallucinates facts and makes reasoning errors and they go on gpt4 can also be confidently wrong in its predictions not taking care to double check work when it's likely to make a mistake all right so what do you think of these new capabilities do you think that it's going to eat into google's moat google search it looks like google's working on things that are very similar it just hasn't brought things out in, into the public. Google's expressed that it wants to get things right and so maybe it's waiting to kind of test these things in private so to not have some of these alignment problems that ChatGBT has and OpenAI has by being so public with it. But we just don't know. Google did have that public demo. It wouldn't surprise me if they're doing something very similar behind the scenes. At the moment, we've got Bing, which is being tested in public. And I, as I said, I'm using it all the time in other natural language models. So what do you think? Let me know in comments. Do you think that there is going to be a threat to Google? Microsoft certainly right in with AI here and with the big investment in OpenAI. Let me know what you think. If you've made it this far in the episode, consider subscribing wherever you're watching this, say on YouTube, Rumble or Spotify, or on your favorite podcast app and audio. Thanks for listening or watching, and I'll see you next time.